Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the student of the game. I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game. And here with me in the studio, Steven Weasel Hurley. Weasel Weasel. Yeah, boy. I'm a little charged up. What can I say? I'm here to talk football here on NGSC Sports because we never stop. That's right. I mean, sure, our good friend, Chris Rankin, unable to make or call into the show because he is currently being a local hero as a firefighter for Sumter County here in the state of Florida. Uh, he's actually on a call. He, te- he texted me shortly before the show uh, saying that uh, he will not be able to make it. Um, I could tell you exactly what he said, but that would involve an expletive, and, well, this isn't that kind of show yet. I mean, if Sirius Satellite P- uh, Radio wants to pick us up, I'm sure Weasel will gladly imitate Al Pacino instead of a woman many times. And he can't say it, and he wants to. Yeah. He's the blind guy with the thing. Okay. But welcome back. I got gotcha. you. Somebody got that. You were supposed to. Well, anyways, you're here now. But speaking of things that involve, you know, law. law. Because there's, there's a court scene instead of a woman and a woman and things that involve law and stuff like that. I don't know. Close enough, right? Anyways, so if you don't know by now, somebody will tell you Tom Brady's appeal for Deflate Gate to take place tomorrow, June 23rd. Um, yeah, it's going to be heard by Roger Goodell himself. And, uh, you know, I think, Weasel, you posed the question that's uh, exactly what this appeal is going to come down to. Is Brady going to talk? I mean, I'm sure he'll have to, like, vocally say something into the microphone perhaps it'll be along the lines of you can't handle the truth or something like that but you know he could he, he could go jack nicholson you never know you never know I'm, I'm just saying you know perhaps perhaps he thinks it's a trap i don't know could be one of those he asked for it he, he did that's true is can one can one self-impose a trap well i suppose we're going to find out tomorrow depending on that what that situation is and what he does or does not say, I think, will certainly be a factor in whether the four-game suspension holds. Weasel, I'll ask you the question. Should the suspension hold? It's good. This appeal, uh, first I want to you know, maybe get some things cleared up that I'm not sh- too sure about. Well, yeah, let, let's, let's not question. spend too well, much time. But, I, but I got go you, ahead, but what I'm saying, drop, drop the what I'm wondering here. is who is going to be hearing this appeal? And, Roger uh, But is there going to be... Is it or is it just going to be he said he said type of thing after it, or do we get like reporters or any NFL like a uh, not executives? Well, the but, proceeding itself is closed, but I mean there'll be people on the scene, you know, that'll like, let you know as possibly like reporters and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Because how did he answer some questions? Is what you know is what you know I would really like to know. So yeah, uh, ask yourself one more time. I uh, oh I just ask you if you think that the suspension should hold. Yeah. Well, how he answers, I think his his. Uh, the questions Goodell is going to have, for example, how you have him saying he's talking to the the trainer, and he asks some stuff like, "Are we good?" And he talks to a guy via text. Uh, by te- well, he asked so 
Yeah, by text, but allegedly via text, right? After a days after that, kind of all got out there in the uh, days after the AFC Championship game, right. um, he had like an hour conversation with them. Um, and these are all certain, things derived from phone records that Ted Wells did get, but they never got anything from Tom Brady. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, when it comes to Brady. The situation there is, will he answer these questions, oh, and, uh, right? Sorry about that. Yes. Uh, what it's going to come down to is, will he answer those questions? Right. And about the cell phone, about giving all emails, giving all text messages, I I would think that his lawyer would be pretty much uh, ready by now about yeah. what he would give them. Right. Because they gave him the option. They, gave him, they don't necessarily need to give him everything. But if he well, refuses right. and, that and, once and let again. Me, let me explain that a little bit more clearly. Ted Wells and crew said, look, give us something. You can even filter it. You can, you can give us absolutely something that just doesn't matter that's relevant to your situation. And the lawyer would be able to say, yep, this is what we have. And it could have just been said, it could have been an email that, that said, hey, make sure I have bacon and eggs before this game for breakfast. Yeah, that's it. It's, and uh, yeah, one thing that gets me kind of uh, is that uh, he's he's pleading like you know, hundred percent innocent. That's what uh, it's going oh, to sound like. Defense. Like it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't me. But uh, <laughs> all I'll say is that he's going to be asked questions, yep. maybe about the the information that he doesn't give, mm-hmm. but the, he's not going to like answering some of those questions. Of course not. But he's going to have to and. Uh, the data people could say, you know, that's that's pri- that's someone's privacy. The NFL shouldn't be asking for it. But what they can get, though, which they didn't really have that opportunity to get straight from him, is the answers from his mouth. We always uh, we always had him like for early on, and he was the, he was like saying this is ridiculous and uh, hundred all innocent. But Counting the table. Basically. I think I think it's going to stay at four, but. Uh, I just think because I don't think he's going to answer everything. So, and I'm going to extrapolate based on what you said. You think he's going to stay with the four games, and you probably think it's going to happen and just say yes or no if I have it wrong or right. Um, you think it's going to happen because it sounds to me like you don't think Brady's going to spill the beans. Because the one thing yeah. you said is he has to talk. Well, no, he doesn't. He can just take his four-game suspension, which would make this whole appeal process absolutely stupid. It's... I think he, when I say that, you know, he has to talk is because of the person that he's going up against. <laughs> Goodell is, he's, you know, pretty steamed off about this, of course. He paid him a couple million, I'm sure, to, for the Wells report for uh, this uh, deflate gate. And uh, he doesn't like being lied to. He said that in the past. It's like, lie to me and you'll get consequences. And that's what the Patriots got. Well, and it's not just, and, and I'm glad that you brought the human element in, but it's not just about how Roger the Hammer, the Ginger Hammer Goodell, is going to bring the heat. Um, he's actually violated um, process rules, if you will, in the collective bargaining agreement by not cooperating in the investigation. So, by extension, it's not just that Raj is going to get pissed off. Brady isn't cooperating with the investigation, ergo, he's not cooperating with the rules. That's the logic in place here. And, and I think at this point, you and I are, are subtly, albeit accidentally, making the point that it's not about the deflation of the balls anymore. It's just not. At this point, it's about 
if he cooperated with the investigation. Did it, I don't care even at this point. If you ask Roger Goodell, you know, off the record, I'd be willing to guess, and this is all speculation, that he would tell you it's not about the charges anymore. It's just about Brady and, by extension, the Patriots being so, lacking a better word, cavalier in their response to the charges, right? So Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that uh, <laughs> when you just hear it, someone tells you about it, it's ridiculous how... You know how far this must have to go, but I think the next step, of course, because if, if he's uh, if he's suspended four games, which I think he may stay if he doesn't cooperate, um, the next step I think it's going to be with the the players' association. Uh, do you think it would make me possibly go into like lawsuit type type of action? Let me tell you why Brady and the Patriots won't let that happen. Okay, it's it's clear and and, and point blank. All right. We said earlier that Brady has the option of staying silent. If this goes into a court proceeding and it involves something called a subpoena where you're called upon to testify, now the NFL can basically, for lack of a better term, raid the Patriots' facility, get whatever effing data they want, and turn it outside to the public. How much? Uh, uh, how much does it weigh with uh, the NFL's Players Association trying to get it lowered? Are they going to have to get an arbiter, or uh, is it? Is it because I thought well, the bread lost the, the law would process, be next. Yeah, exactly. The appeal process is what the NFLPA has bargained. So there's not a whole lot else they can do as far as an arbitration standpoint, unless for some reason the league and Goodell decides to agree to it which they probably won't. I mean, that's the nature of arbitration arbitration in corporations, which in this case, I mean, hey, the NFL is a business and therefore a corporation, right? But the way it works in business is you do the arbitration to avoid the pain and the issues of law. Arbitrations usually involve um, uh, uh, um, confidentiality, uh, binding agreements based on the decision, things like that. This, this appeal is essentially an arbitration for all intents and purposes. I'm, I, know, I know I'm dramatically oversimplifying it, but I mean, look, me playing, you know, dime store lawyer and all the other people listening to this who probably may or may not have a law degree may or may not find this riveting conversation. But the point of the matter is this, as far as a next step, the court system is it. And I can guarantee to you the Patriots don't want it. Period. Good question, though. I, I like where you're going there. Um, but, see, here's something else I hear people talking about. I'm only bringing this up because I find it absolutely stupid. And, and this is the question surrounding this suspension, whether it's it serves the full time, it serves part the time, wh- whatever the hell it is. It, 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 will it affect Brady's legacy? And... Uh, I, 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 let me ask you before I, 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 cause I need to, I need to collect my thoughts a touch more on it. Cause I don't want to just come off as completely pissed off here. Does the suspension affect Brady's legacy at all? I think you, you, you kind of got to say it affects it some because whenever you, uh, whenever you like, uh, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, um, when, uh, 
uh, Brady will be, you know, he'll be, he'll be in the Hall of Fame, you know, and all that good stuff. And uh, what it's going to come back to, it's uh, he's got four Super Bowls. You know, so far you never know. Next couple years, they yeah, could be in the mix. It's, it's possible. You got, uh, uh, he's got, you know, great stats. I think he, him and Moss set the record. I think for the uh, most passing touchdowns and stuff like that. Actually, he's been surpassed by Peyton Manning in a present. But I think uh, Moss has got it, I think. But, well, between the two of them as a duo, they could hold that record, yes. So he's got, like, he gets the arts. He gets the, he's got the wins. Uh, he finally, uh, because he didn't play the Giants in the Super Bowl, he actually got another Super Bowl ring. So that's number four. And, but I, I like what you did there, by the way. <laughs> everything, but the thing is, is it's always going to be brought up, especially if he, if they find out he lies about it, that... This thing, which may have not affected the games or not, um, he did push the rules, and he got caught. And instead of manning up, and the, I don't think they would have lost a first-round draft pick, if he manned up right in the beginning, I think, fine. He's, I think he's paid wealthy. So I think, oh, a $250,000 fine? Oh, okay. Hold Here on. you go, let guys. Me, let me get my pocket change out right yeah. quick, right? Yeah. So, or actually, <laughs> hey, Giselle, can you empty your pocket real quick? You know, I don't have a pocket in this dress. Here, I'll empty my purse. You know, whatever. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, she makes more money than him as an international star. So, I mean, that is what it is. I could be wrong with that, but that's my instinct. You yeah, know, she's I, definitely up there, but... Uh, I haven't researched it, per se, but... but it's always going to be in the conversation, and not that he. It, the sad thing is, it's, it's not that he necessarily did it, but it's because he's he lengthened this out, and uh, well, allegedly he lengthened it out, and he. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he lengthened this out so far was lying, and he not only lied to he lied to Robert Kraft. There was an in, interview in which Robert Kraft says, "I I uh, support Brady one hundred percent." This was, I think, back in January. I support Brady one hundred percent. I asked him straight up, look, if you did it, we'll take the penalties. We'll get, we'll get past this. No problem. Tell, just tell me. And he said, no, I didn't. I had nothing to do with this. So he could have lied so, to, 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 uh, to Robert Kraft. Yeah. For we your boss's, know, he's the, the boss's boss right there. Correct. Lied to him in his face caused him a lot of embarrassment because he was, I think early on he was, uh, Kraft was like demanding an apology and stuff. And then fast forward a couple months. Now he's saying, I give up. So, it's, well, it's the kind of thing that it's always going to be on the topic. I won't go so far to say, as Robert Kraft said, he gives up. But the Patriots have certainly uh, lessened their ire, so to speak. And I think, you know, you, you could argue that that's for a public relations reason just as, a, just as much as a uh, symbol of guilt. I mean, I'm not going to go quite that far. But you're absolutely right. The facts you state are, are clear as day in that. So, it should be quite interesting. And uh, you're going to have to read up on that tomorrow. Well, yeah, absolutely, and and I, 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 let me let me add this. So you're you're sure it'll affect his legacy. Let well, on field legacy is like yes, he did something that possibly can affect the outcome of a game. Okay, but it, everything's going to come back to numbers. It's just Super Bowls, this and that. Yeah, you could bring up Spygate, you could bring up this and that. Okay, for the Patriots as a whole, but for him, it's just a little tarnished. But well, let me ask you, you this. can't take away Super Bowls or and, anything, and that's. Yeah, correct. And that's I think that's one of the most important points. You take, can't take away Super Bowls. Not to mention, Brady is going into year 15. He's not missed any significant time, save 2008. Okay? So that means he's played, because he hasn't played year, uh, year 15 yet. Uh, right. So 13, we'll call them pretty much full seasons. He's not missed much time. Right? Um, 
How many games is that? Wait, I say 160 times t- uh, for 10. Se- one, 160 games would be 10 seasons. Yeah. So Playoffs it's about soon. 200 games. Yep. We'll just round it. Yep, that sounds right. 200 games because he was suspended for four of them en route to 216. But let's even take that off the table. Weasel, how many records are out there based on, for example, there's one uh, former Lion, Dick Night Train Lane. Night Train Lane is is badass. And among one of the interception leaders of our time, of our time, in an era where they're running the football. Now, I don't think he's the all-time interception leader. If he is, I apologize. I got it wrong. But you were allowed to clothesline people back then. You were allowed to beat the bleep out of them all up and down the field. But he's still remembered as a great corner. And, I mean, he's playing back when it's black and white TV, you know. It's, uh, it's just extra extra things to talk about. But Mike, Mike Ditka, Mike Singletary, both awesome Bears players, annihilate people with hits that are now illegal. Ben Roethlisberger, he was supposed to be a pariah based not only on his uh, – uh, allegations for which he got suspended what is that half half a decade ago or so now mm-hmm. and don't forget i mean he was he was a bad boy wild man when he got his in his motorcycle accident remember how he was vilified about that that was one of the first articles i wrote on the student of the game and me mentioning this right now on this show and people hearing it they're kind of like oh yeah that did happen didn't it right yeah Roethlisberger, for all intents and purposes, was accused of rape. And people are forgetting about it. Something tells me people will get over somebody allegedly over-inflating footballs in a game they won by 20-something-plus points. What was it? 41-17 to or something like that. I forget the exact With the properly deflated footballs in the second half. Yeah. Properly inflated. I guess because they were deflated, so... Guess you gotta bring it back up there, but the point is, yeah. The point is, the suspension is news now, mm-hmm. and I think part of the reason why we're talking about it so much is what the hell else is there at this point? Stanley Cup playoffs are over, which I'm glad your household yeah. is a happy place. Yeah, she's she's very happy. I'm sure she is. Um, the Golden State NBA. Warriors, yeah. are officially champions. We aren't talking anything else. Even baseball, whether I hate it or not, isn't relevant right now. We're not even at the all-star break, are we? It was like one week football. I mean, it was one week hockey and basketball gone. Yeah. It's like, oh. They're talking about <laughs> golf in the top headlines, okay? Yeah. Yep. They're advertising NASCAR. The Women's World Cup is getting play because... There's no sports right now. So, of course, people are going to ask asinine questions like this. It's good that we explore it, but at the end of the day, can we please, as media members, be real that this is just a filler topic? Hell, we got 20 minutes out of it. See what I did there? Anyway. (laughs) I kind of feel like a a bad person now that I just... Hell, we're getting something out of it. But And here's something that's actually legitimate to, to, to sport here to the actual game of football in the NFL. And uh, I think I, I didn't call, I meant to call it up earlier, but I didn't quite finish. So while I'm talking, I will do that now. But what I'm looking for is the schedule of the Buffalo Bills. Well, why are you doing that, Cam? Well, we've evaluated that 
the Patriots are going to win 10 games. We did this on another show. We looked over the Patriots' schedule, and based on the roster as we understand it to be today, we see the Patriots winning 10 games if, in fact, Tom Brady is out for the first four. We're pretty, I mean, I think we're pretty certain he's going to lose he. They are going to lose <laughs> he. Uh, he's not even on the damn field, Kyle. Uh, they are going to lose to um, uh, the Cowboys and one other of the remaining three games on the schedule at that time. And they'll come. he'll come back just in time, to, he being Brady, just in time to play the Colts, which will be uh, a win for the Patriots. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just calling that now. If, if Brady loses the appeal, he will win week five. That's where I'm at. He's going to be very mad. <laughs> yeah, it's a juggernaut. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. So, I got the Colts. Check that. The Colts. Good job, Kyle. I've got the Bills schedule in front of me. And I'm also, because, well, I mean, let's put it this way. When it comes to the Bills, to say they're a new look team is is kind of an understatement. It started at the front office with the coach. Um, they got Rex Ryan in. And... The team itself has uh, a, a pretty different look in itself, right? They're going to have uh, a different quarterback. They're going to have um, a number of pieces. And, and actually, you know, when you look at the quarterback crew, I mean, EJ, EJ Manuel, Matt Sims, Tyrod Taylor, and Matt Castle, I'm not wowed by any of that. But, of course, it's their running back acquisition that's, you know, the big deal. They have Fred Jackson and one LaShawn McCoy. Anybody heard of him? Shady? Yeah, that guy. Uh, and, and, I mean, it looks to me that that is going to be, you know, the crux of their offense, obviously. They picked up Charles Clay from Miami. That'll that'll be very uh, interesting. I think they overpaid for him, but different topic. And with Sammy Watkins, who they got as a, uh, a rookie last year, and then Robert Woods, who's also a pretty good receiver. They're, oh, and Percy Harvin as well. Pretty. Uh, what do you got? Andre Johnson. Another Frank Gore. That's Colts, bro. Colts, Colts. Yeah, yeah. Good thinking, though. That, yeah, uh, you see, wrong I, side I, there. I was, reason, I was thinking of this duo with the, the old guys. The reason why you said it with the Colts is because that happens to be the Bills' first game. So I'll let it slide. You're welcome. No. But, <laughs> Shady McCoy and Frank Gore in the same backfield. Are you high? Wow. Of course. <laughs> you know, I, I would have said the same thing about. What's going on in Philadelphia? But I'll leave that alone for a minute. Anyways, so on offense, their quarterback situation is still meh. But I like their weapons. I like their running game. You know, their defense is still pretty solid. They've not really lost any pieces. You know, I like what they're they doing. They traded there. away uh, uh, Kiko uh, Alonso. Kiko Alonso, they did lose. That's correct. They did that's lose, how they got Shady McCoy. Yeah. But he's been kind of uh, injury plagued. I'll grant He's gotten some dap on this show before, and, and yeah, thank you for calling me out. We shouldn't have forgotten him as a departure because he is a good player. So that's on me. My bad. I think it was a ACL injury, like a correct, very so. good weasel. That's that's what ended his season early last year. Yes, um, they got Kyle Williams at the defensive tackle spot, former uh, Vikings staple there, uh, and Amario Williams, of course, at the defensive end. Manny Lawson uh, as the other defensive end, and just a number of names: Jerry Hughes that come off this list. Plenty of guys. Um, that are dangerous up front. So they're they're a good defensive team. I kind of like their secondary as well, you know, not for nothing. But 
all that being said, with all these new look dudes, do they have enough to compete in the division? Now, keep in mind, we predicted the Patriots at 10 games. So, Weasel, here's the game we're going to play, all right? I'm going to name a team. You're going to tell me win or loss, okay? Now, to make this job a little bit easier, I'm assuming also that, like the Patriots and the Dolphins, we're going to call three and three in their division. Okay, maybe they'll get some extra ones. The Jets are in trouble, basically, is what we're trying to say. But we're going to call three and three in the division. So I'm not going to go over divisional games. Pretty much everything at home, they'll win. Everything on the road, we'll lose. That's kind of what we'll go with at the moment, right? Okay. That aside, okay. So non-divisional games, we're going to go through them now. In Buffalo, in Ralph Wilson Stadium, they host the Colts. Week one, who you got? Uh, definitely be tough. Uh, but uh, I guess the Colts. I got the Colts hands down, especially with all their new additions. Uh, week four, in Ralph Wilson, the New York Giants. I think they can pull the upset off of the Giants. So do I. Uh, in week six, at Ralph Wilson Stadium, uh, or check that, uh, in Tennessee, the Titans. Mariota most likely be playing, but... Pretty much, yeah, they should get a win there. Okay, so we got three wins so far, so they're looking pretty good. The Bengals in Cincinnati, uh, or not in Cincinnati, I'm sorry, in Buffalo at Ralph Wilson Stadium. How far How far in the season? Uh, game six. I would say, depending on a healthy uh, uh, LeSean McCoy, uh, I'd say the Bells. Okay, well, you're anti-Andy uh, Dalton, but I'll let you have that. Yeah, so I hate that guy. Wins in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Such a hater. Uh, in Jacksonville, week seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that Jacksonville's an up-and-coming team right now, young, and uh, but uh, I think they got so there's after, a lot more veteran leadership after, over with after, the Bills. So after upsetting the Bengals, they're going to drop one to the Jags. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying the Bengals are necessarily a big upset, but uh, I think I think they could beat the Jags. So you're going five wins, okay? So that's, that's out a of lot. The division, <laughs> they've already won five games. That's very interesting. Okay, it, it's um, just the matchups, you know. So no, no hate. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of following your lead so far. Um, the Chiefs in Week Twelve at Arrowhead. Mm, assuming that they throw a touchdown to a wide receiver, they don't have to. Yeah. So, I guess at Arrowhead also helps out. So. Uh, I'll give the Chiefs the win there. Okay, so they finally lose one five and one outside of the division. Okay, uh, the next week at Ralph Wilson Stadium, they host former rival Vince Wilfork, and of course, everyone's man crush JJ Watt as the Texans come to town in Week Thirteen. Who you got? It's gonna be an interesting off, uh, defensive line there uh, at quarterback for the Texans. <laughs> um, that would be uh, the. Uh, um, the Cleveland started last year. Uh, Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, yeah. <sighs> I'd say I'll give it to the Texans. So would I. Of course, I'm kind of biased. but okay. <laughs> so keep in mind, 6-1 and one outside of the division are the Buffalo Bills. Uh, okay, they're at Philadelphia in week 14. At Philly's going to be a tough game. It's a, a loss for that one. You think they'll lose to Philly? Okay. Uh, the Redskins the following week. Beat the Redskins. Okay, so they're, what is that, 7-2? and two? Yeah, 7-2 yeah. and two with their last game outside of the division at Ralph Wilson Stadium, week 16, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Just say they're going to lose it. Don't make yourself it's, Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
So despite the fact that they have such amazing quarterback options as, and make sure I get this right, Matt Castle, EJ Manuel, Matt Sims, and Tyrod Taylor, they're going to go 7-3 and three outside of the division. Well, we shall see. Now here's what you've done, which is what's very interesting. They are going 10 games overall based on that. You said they would win seven and lose three outside of the division, and we said three and three outsiders. So you just gave us 10 and six. You just gave us a tie with the Patriots. However, the games they are losing are the Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. Couldn't have gone better for them because those are NFC teams that they lost to. Their AFC record... Only four losses. I think you're nuts. But you just gave the Bills a fighting chance. If everything goes as good as you think it should, they can tie the Patriots and win the division in tie breaks. Wow. I'm just saying also that it's it's towards the end of June. Correct. (laughs) There's still a lot that can happen. Yeah, there's definitely a lot that can still happen, um, but... Uh, Tom Brady could get angry, demand a release, and play for the Bills. Not really, but <laughs> yeah, not really. No, um, yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, I'm glad you made that point because in June, anything can happen to either the Bills themselves or to any one of their opponents. You know, if let's say, God forbid, luck gets hurt in Game One, suddenly, oh no, you said they beat the Colts. No, not the Colts. Not the Colts. Okay, good. So I got that wrong. So okay, so they're six and four yeah. rather than seven and three. They're going to miss it by one game. Yeah, that's basically what just happened. It's uh, I think a lot and of it. If everything goes well, if everything goes well, yes. One game. So henceforth, the AFC East will still clearly belong to the Patriots, whether the appeal happens or not, because the AFC East, well, is a less than awesome division, talent wise. And I'm not bothering to go over the Jets, by the way. That should be pretty obvious. Anyways, yeah, I heard somebody on the internet try to tell me that Geno Smith, just just stop it. Anyways. So far, I think uh, Brandon Marshall, new wide receiver for the Jets, he's been saying positive things about Geno Smith. He kind of has to, but. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll go ahead and hit you back here after the break. We'll see you shortly. You're listening to NGSC Sports. This is the student of the game. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. So a little, uh, little new promo action there. I'm not biased because, you know, it's my voice. It's not like that. But, yeah, I just, you know, just to let you know where you can find us. All that happy stuff. Fine. You want music? Here's music. There. See, Weasel's bobbing his head. It's great. So, <laughs> anyways, I think this is appropriate playing a little Alo Blanc, getting that I'm the man in there. Because mm-hmm. it's certainly what Des Bryant thinks of himself. Oh, snap! Segwayed! What are you going to do? You, you dig that Segway? That was alright. I liked it. Okay. 
Wheeze, wheeze. There you go. Yeah, wheeze, boy. There it is. Anyway, so here's the nature of the situation. In case, in case you haven't heard, um, Des Bryant, clear and present top receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. There is not middle ground here. I, I think you'll agree with that, right, Weasel? People, uh, you could talk. You could talk top five and stuff. Oh, great! Not just for uh, the NFC, but the, the league. So he's top up. Quiz. He's up there. Top three. Maybe just out of it, but I'd say top five. Top five, I put him at like number five. Yeah, okay, top five's an honor in itself. I'm not dissing. So, yeah, that's it's you know. I struggle big to money. find who would take him out of the top three. I mean, Calvin Johnson, obviously, right? You give me. Uh, he's got a. He's got a little bit more. Antonio Brown's up there. Uh, I think you got, I would take, I you got think, the new guys. Well, uh, what about um, uh, AJ Green? AJ Green's up there. Okay. And then, uh, let's see. I don't know about Antonio Brown. Odell Beckham Jr., he's on his way up. Uh, still too soon to call, I would he just think. He does not like people making fun of him. He does not Teammates. like people making fun of him. Yeah. yeah that's, that's not cool. Teammate, why, why do you make fun of Odell Beckham Jr.? I'm just saying. He doesn't like it. It's okay. No, no, I'm not saying yeah. who I mean his teammates. But I'd say, talent-wise, I think he's maybe number two or three. Really? So. Already? You're just... Well... He, you know, there's of course you got to stay, he's got to stay healthy. But talent wise, he is up there. What eight games under his belt so far? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Okay, let's slow that roll a little. I was just saying, talent wise, he's up there. There's a chance. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm not brave enough to do with it. See, that's what it is. You you are blazing the trail of Odell Beckham Jr. as a top three, and that's okay. I'm just I, I can't do it. It's just a. I can't do it. Production wise, uh, yeah, uh, put him up against some of the the big guys in the NFL. That's true, and I mean he's gotten depth from the top corners, Richard Sherman included, of course. We talked about that a little bit last week. I don't know though. I don't know. He's Sherman's given depth to Des Bryant too. But hey, top five is. Uh, I think that's plenty. Okay, so so so, so he, he is a top. So, so 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 top five under Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> There's some other guys like Megatron and stuff, but we said Megatron already. Yeah, so and uh, we said Megatron and AJ Green already. So, so there's your top five right there. It's basically what just happened. Kind of, pretty much. Okay. I, I, I'm not for or against it. This isn't a formal breakdown of the top five receivers. I'm not going that far. But um, okay. So at any rate, let's just say top five because that's what Weasel's comfortable with, and I like it too. The Cowboys have opted to hit him with the franchise tag, which essentially equals $13 million. I keep talking about how I need that soundbite, and I still haven't done it yet. Anyways. So, that being said, there's been a lot of talk in the press. Des Bryant has gone public with it some, uh, and I can see why, that... He's actually even threatening to hold out um, with the Cowboys. Uh, personally, I I think a lot of players threaten holding out. But I don't know about you, Weasel. When you hear De- Des Bryant talk about holding out, you take it seriously, yes? Yeah. Oh, m- most definitely you take it seriously. It's uh, uh, you did have that the uh, the whole th- uh, incident that thing that that the allegedly happened about two months ago. Uh, well, let's not get into. The well, I'll say I'll I'll, yeah. I'll say about that is that because that happened, I think they were kind of in possible long term contract talks. Yeah. And then that happened, it kind of screeched everything to a halt. It did at the time. That's true. Good call. And but uh, as of right now, people say, okay, I'm I'm mad about my contract. 
you don't really know uh you don't really know about like what they're mad about unless you sometimes look at twitter <laughs> so uh, there's a uh, little a good old twitter message it was from june 17th of this year by one des bryant uh, and I quote, everybody voicing opinions, 13 mil is cool, <laughs> but where is my security? Um, I'll wait and then dot, 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 five years without complaining. So how am I selfish? And then tag hashtag family one. Family so, first or whatever, right. And, you know, the guy does make a case how he's got, uh, he's going to, if they franchise him, mm-hmm. which uh, technically he, he can't get fined or anything right now. Because he's not on a contract. He didn't sign a long-term deal, and he didn't sign the franchise tag. Right. So, you can't get fined or anything like that. But, I think he just wants that, you know, I want to play for, you know, five more years or so as a cowboy. And, uh, and right now, I think part of, I think it'll be a lot easier if they had cowboys just say, look, we ain't got a lot of money right now. <laughs> we, we sign you here, and then we'll take care of you. But, the guy, he wants that, uh, he wants that security, and it's has a that whole Twitter rant by Adrian Peterson it made me re- remind me of this. But uh, the guy has the production; he's you know cleaned up his life, and uh, so I think he deserves a, a long term contract. But sign the franchise tag, and uh, but I guess it's just that thing in the back of your mind: what if I tear an ACL or something? What if what if that happens? I'm going to be out of contract. I'm going to be a one one year for a franchise tag, and then I'm done. So uh, they got to pay him, but I don't know how they're going to. They wouldn't do it now. So I think he's going to just sign it and then play his game. See, here's the thing about it. It's it's one of these instances. It's not. I'm not going to say that Des Bryant is wrong. If I were in De- Des Bryant's entourage, I would support his point. They're going to pay me $13 million this year, but I'm trying to secure the rest of my life here, okay? You know, if, if I would like to think, not that I would even know because I'll never be in that situation, but I would like to think that if I were an NFL athlete to who would be blessed for 10 years of NFL salary, that I would be smart enough putting my cash away to be good for the rest of my life. To, to, to have me and my family be set. And I see where he's going there. Could you do that with $13 million? Whether the answer to that is yes or no, I don't want to get into that. But Jimmy Graham, for example, wide receiver slash tight end, tight end according, of course, to his contract in the NFL, he had a similar situation last season. They wanted to franchise tag him for a certain number. He got... I think it was like twelve million or so, and he got a number that was a little less than that, but over the course of many years. I don't think what Des Bryant is doing is any different. Moreover, in the case of the Saints, they have more weapons and can live without um their star tight end. Actually, not only could they live without it, they're opting to do so, having traded Jimmy Graham to Seattle. Yeah, I think uh, Drew Brees has a lot to do with it. I don't. I think Drew Brees wanted to keep him around. but Of course, but it's just when you have Drew Brees, he can make 
I think kind of uh, the t- the Tom Brady effect. He can make uh, well, a lower guy. Let's not let's not overanalyze that because yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. get to Drew Brees in a minute. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm going to touch it on a minute. Uh, but in Des Bryant's case, the Cowboys' success rides a lot more directly on his shoulders because the other receivers on the team are just not Des Bryant. Jason Witten, I'll give credit. But dude is like 12 or 13 years in. His time is ending. He, you know, I, 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 I like the guy. I've talked to him in person. Quality human being, what you expect to have in a, in a football player that plays in the NFL. Great times. But Des Bryant's situation, he's not getting his long-term contract. Now, while Grant Weasel, it's very convenient that this video services and screws everything up. I'm not calling conspiracy theory, but it did affect the talks. And if I'm Des Bryant, I'm fighting for the for the long term contract. So, like, let's say he wants five years, he'll be thirty one. That's about the time receivers see the decline, so to speak. Maybe he'll restructure. He probably will, depending on the contract, whatever. But I can see why he wants a long term deal. That isn't you know rocket science. And the Cowboys are well suited to pay him that because someone else will give it to him. And if it's, let's say, for example, I don't think it'll be anybody in the NFC East, fortunately for them. But if, let's say the Eagles pick him up. I don't know if Des Bryant successfully can find Oregon on a map. Now, the thing is, know. is when was the last time that you had a star Dallas player go to a, a division rival that following year? Are like, you going to cite Terrell Owens on me? <laughs> no, <laughs> not Terrell Owens. I was talking about a guy, DeMarco Murray. Oh, yeah. He went to the Eagles. I just wanted to bring up T.O. because it's funny. And, uh, yeah, Eagles, their arrival in division, it could happen. Well, and I think the reason why it won't happen with Des Bryant is salary cap issues. But, yeah, you're right. There is precedent, obviously, and we can find other examples, I'm sure. But I don't know that Des Bryant – I think Des Bryant leaving hurts both sides, okay? he's got a, He's got a rapport with Tony Romo. Very excited individual on the sideline. And somebody would need to get used to that, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or any of that. I know he's had a troubled pass. I'm not holding any of that against him. I just, I've seen him get really loud and passionate on the sideline. We all have. The camera's picked it up. It's what it is. Um, I don't know. I, I, but at the end of the day, and tell me if you think I'm wrong on this, Weasel. This is all posturing, Right? And you mentioned Drew Brees earlier. Aha, here's the tie-in. When he signed his $100 million contract, I think it was what? Four or five years ago? I can look up if I really cared, but something like that. The Saints were offering him franchise, and Drew Brees was like, no. What happened? To the very last minute, the 11th hour, probably the 11th hour and the 59th minute and the 59th second, the deal was done with Drew Brees. Jimmy Graham. <coughs> Granted, they traded him the following year, but Jimmy Graham. Are you a tight end or are you a receiver? Oh, my God, I just don't know. Even I think it even worked out to where even before that decision could even be levied, or the decision was levied, he was going to appeal. Before the appeal could even be heard, Jimmy Graham gets his big deal. Go ahead, sign it, boom, may the force be with you. Why would I have any reason to believe that Jerry Jones would do it any different for the Cowboys. However, 
in the case of Drew Brees, in the case of Jimmy Graham, I don't take them as seriously as Des Bryant when it comes to the concept of holding out. I don't know why exactly. I, I don't ask me what I have to base that on. That's just the impression that I get. It's entirely opinion, speculation, whatever you want to call it. But there's also precedent within Cowboys history as well for six players successfully handi- uh, holding out. I believe Emmett Smith held out the year, a year they won the Super Bowl, for example. I know there were some issues with Aikman as well. Um, I don't know that he actually held out, but he threatened to, or at least. I don't know. This is back in the 90s. I haven't done the research. I just know about the Emmett Smith thing. So it's a very interesting dynamic. But Weasel, do we have any reason to believe that it will come to a holdout. I think it's all posturing, and come the last possible moment, the two will sign a deal, right? He's he ain't. I don't think he's gonna. He may threaten to set out sit out some of the season, but the thing is, I think it's gonna, uh, it's gonna get around that time where you know you're gonna have preseason and all this stuff coming up, and um, he's gonna he may be forced to sign the, the franchise one, and because I just don't think they have the room right now to sign him. That's just. I mean. I don't know how they could do that, but um, I think they would say franchise them, and then during the year, you know, we'll work out. We'll try to work something out. Plausible, but here's why I, I don't, don't see how how they can. Here's how they why can I sign don't him. think that's going to happen. Okay, and, and I like where you're going. The, the The number can be figured out. I mean, <clears throat> they got people who are who are more versed than you and I on this sort of thing. To figure it out. I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Here's what else I know. During this offseason, where they were gypped out of a trip to the next round of the playoffs, that's where I said it. It was a catch. Leave me alone. I said it. The, <laughs> I don't know why I went that route. But what, I, um, what it is, is what they got about 12 million or so in cap space. How they play that, there's a number of different ways they can get around it, I'm sure. But the point is this. I think Jerry Jones, for example, every offseason, there's some kind of schmack being talked on Jerry Jones. You don't hear it as much this offseason, in my opinion, at least. Why? Because the Cowboys actually found a bit of success. A modicum, if you will. And I think that window is closing. Romo, albeit in his busted state, is the center of that offense. That line is good. The line is great. What am I saying? You know, that running game, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're extremely skeptical. I think they'll be good enough. But the only way that that running game can be good enough is if, full circle, Des Bryant is present, posing that threat down the field. Bryant long. Wit and middle ranged, running game in the short. If Des Bryant is not in the picture, I have a feeling it'll be similar to when Emmett Smith held out. They lost the first two games, <clears throat> and, that, and then mysteriously at the same time, they ended up at the table with Emmett Smith shortly after. In some coincidence, Lack of the better word. And just as an example, the first two games, making matters worse, the first two games for the Cowboys, both divisional, Giants and Eagles. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be tough, but because we know where, we at least know uh, 
what he's looking for and uh it's uh, you know security so yeah i, I mean look there, there's probably going to have to be some tough decisions made some things danced around but i'll tell you in my opinion a guy they absolutely cannot do without and i rarely say this about a receiver is what it is a guy they absolutely cannot do without is des bryant Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams, yeah, they're cute. They're not Des Bryant. They're not Des Bryant. Bottom line. Anyways. So, that's my take on that. So, in a modicum of silliness, I saw another story that, that, that on Twitter. Um, uh, and it was uh, it was somebody retweeting an article... By Fox Sports. And we're back to this stuff again where people are talking about, oh, with all the concussions and in pro football, which, by the way, I'm glad that people are bringing attention to that. I have no problem with the concept of saying that there, that there are concussions in football. I'm not getting at that. But some of the solutions presented are kind of silly. And one of them that has been floated in the past is that the players go without helmets. First of all, weasel thoughts. Oh, the whole thing about getting away from helmets? Correct. Um, I think the theory behind getting away from the, the, the helmets is that you have, you're not going to go head first to try to tackle someone. You won't be as brave or feel as invincible. That's what they yeah, say. Yeah, right. because the thing about it is that they try to, they try to you know, make helmets safer and... Uh, all this other stuff, they, they can do a lot of different stuff. But with the actual helmet, once you make it safer, it, I think what it, does, what it does for NFL players is they say, oh, um, then I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that. And charging with the helmet, it, it still happens. It's a penalty, but they say 15 yards and then move on with your life type of thing. But Well, hold on. You're forgetting well, all uh, about maybe the Maybe the fines. The fines and the suspensions. Well, yeah. Back, a little back then. Mm-hmm. But now, but it's... The thing about it is that uh, without a helmet, you have you get the th- you get the thoughts of the what was it thirties or forties? I forgot when they went to from leather helmets to the the helmets we see today. But before, I mean, you have the padding and stuff like that, um, keeping your head up. You would do that a lot more if you didn't have the helmet on. Um, it's I think rugby people talk about how oh they're so tough because you know. They don't. They don't wear pads. They don't wear helmets and stuff. And but I think uh, what it comes down to is it would the NFL is one of the iconic things is an, is the NFL helmet and going to a uh, like a padded helmet or like a leather whatever a leather they helmet, do let's just call it, a, yeah. a leather helmet yeah going to something like that I would just you know be looked upon as taken away from the game but. For safety wise, it's definitely would I think it would be a better way to go, but realistically, I don't think they can get rid of the helmets. So, and, and first of all, I, I'll start with what you ended with. Realistically, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it's not to mention, um, you think it would actually be safer without the helmets on the field? Am I hearing you right? It's to a point. It's it just it just it's just one of those things because someone can you know do a uh, like. A, your forearms to the face and uh, and type of thing. Well, but first of all, that's illegal now. That's but. illegal, yeah. So, but um, it's just I think people's mindset would be because you. I think what NFL players do they feel is they feel 
a little bit more invincible with the pads and the helmet. Right. So, so let me tell you why this whole concept of no helmet is absolutely nuts, in my opinion. The concept on the, t- on the table is very, in theory, since, well, they'll, they'll hold back if they don't have the helmets on. Here's the thing. For the current generation, a lot of these dudes have been doing it this way their whole life. Okay? So they're not going to stop being aggressive in the matter that they are just because they don't have the helmet on their head. It's just that simple. Matter of fact, one may argue that they feel like they're moving faster because they're not slowed by the helmet. There's that. But I'm not even going to get into that. People seem to be concerned only about head-to-head collisions in this instance, which is fine because if they take the helmet off magically, they never be, will ever, 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 ever be accidental head-to-head collisions. So, you know, by the way, note the, the ounces and pounds of sarcasm I'm throwing on this statement. Here's where I am, Weasel. You're a, you're a, you're a two-fan team guy with the Vikings and the Steelers. I believe there's a linebacker's name. His name was Flowers. Number of years back, there was a play where somehow or another he jumped, and I think you, you, you were with me when we saw this together. That's why I'm quoting this, and I'm hoping you remember. Whether you remember it or not, here's the point. No other player hit him. Granted, in a scuffle in the air going for the ball is how it kind of happened. But he got tipped, turned upside down. In other words, his head is pointing down towards the ground. Pair of rub. Perpendicular to the ground. Ooh, a big word there. And his helmet, the top of his helmet goes thud into the ground. If he's not wearing a helmet, tell me that expletive deleted expletive deleter isn't a vegetable today. It's, uh, when you see hits like that, it, that you would think that definitely could've, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, and here's something you can't ever take away. The ground is always going to be your worst enemy on the football field because it doesn't have any give. I think uh, there. This reminds me of uh, you've had a guest uh, on the show, and he uh, he spo- he was uh, talking about a a helmet where oh the it, doctor yeah yes. shock strips right yes shock strips so uh, um, what pretty much what it is is you have your helmet. And then I think what they do is they add this like a certain kind of like padding type of thing. Yeah, it's on the outside it's, of the helmet. It's an addition to the helmet, but I think with logos and stuff like that, they could still, you know, get them on there uh, to make it presentable. Sure. And uh, I think technology like that where they could say, hey, look, um, it can be safer type of thing and look at this case studies. I think that's the kind of thing that they need to do because really I haven't heard about like in the past years how have they made helmets safer it's i noticed some of those like little uh they had like the little holes in the uh, up in the sides and stuff it's but it's just when it comes down to safety i don't hear much about well right. uh progress in uh how they've been making the nfl safer with these helmets no and that's a good point and it's something that should get talked about more i mean it, it, you're absolutely right. Uh, between now, I know that shock strips has, has been. I mean, the doctor himself, um, stock Doctor Stephen Novicki, um, I, yeah, that's his name. Um, he came on here saying that he was in talks with NFL players. You know, we have oh, to talk to try it. Yeah, um, or NFL, not players. I'm sorry, franchises. He couldn't really expose more than that because of the nature of the deal. Mm-hmm. But. And a number of colleges, you know, he's making the moves to get that famous. Now, unfortunately, 
helmets and things like that are a business. And whatever... I think, it, I think it's Riddell, I think it is. Uh, very good. Riddell um, has the NFL ones. So. And, and whether it's the NFL um, saying, we don't want to pay this much for the gear, or it's Riddell saying, we're still in contracts, so no, we're not going to do anything else. I don't know the details. I don't care to know those details, you know, right now. Uh, the point is, and the unfortunate truth is, that's going to be what's stopping you at the moment. You know, Riddell has the big contract. What's their incentive to induce more cost, f- cost fiscally? The NFL has a locked rate. What's their incentive to increase their cost? Now, in the NFL's case, you could certainly say, duh, the well-being of your players and the PR, dumbass. You're making billions. Of course you should, you know. Riddell, it's a little bit tougher. Riddell, I don't think, is a billion-dollar organization. I don't have it in front of me. But, you know, they're certainly not as big a monster as the NFL. So if it's on the NFL side, I would find that far more deplorable but if it's on the Riddell side, I mean, look, the bottom line is this, and, and I'm not defending it. I'm just stating it as a fact that business is the obstruction here. But at the end of the day, taking helmets off the field is stupid. Eh. Okay? Eh. And let me tell you why I'm personally insulted, and I'm not not at you, but at Sean Merriman for putting that in his Twitter post. That's right. I said it. I called his name out. He's in the trenches blitzing people. Those helmets protect him just as much as any or protected him just as much as anybody else and now he's going to talk about removing them as a retired player we know he was famous for being relentless up front and the way he attacked quarterbacks but now all of a sudden jj watt uh, um uh brian uh, cushing uh james harrison those guys they have to take the step back because now you have a change of heart what the hell is that Moreover, as an offensive lineman, look, I don't want to talk about the advantage right now being in alignment on either side of the ball is the nature of your nature of your collisions aren't at full speed. They're just not. There's not enough room for dudes that big to get up to full speed. A, B, everybody's keeping their heads up because if they put their heads down, they're going to get beat. If I lower my head or lunge at J.J. Watt, He's going to end me. Well, actually, J.J. Watt could probably bull rush me too, but that's not the point. The point is this. Proper form for either defensive or offensive lineman is to keep your head up. Now, sometimes these collect- cause the collisions will still happen. And so, they will happen. You're talking split-second decisions. Correct. Not just split-second decisions, but ones that are right in front of you. You're going to collide sometimes. And no little piece of leather is going to protect a constant set of hits. Every now and again, if it happens, oh, that sucked. Num- numerous times in a game, now you're talking a problem. Now, obviously, what this is focused on are the big hitters, your safeties, you know, what used to be your your John Lynch's, your, um, oh, goodness gracious, I don't believe I'm going Blake on this cat. Well, screw it. D- your Darren Shoppers, um, your, your um, Dawkins. On down the line, your famous Ed Reeds. There it is. I was groping for Ed Reed there. I couldn't come up with it. They're focused on those collisions involving receivers and things like that. Maybe only linemen are allowed headgear? I don't know. I don't like that either. But it's far more reasonable than removing it outright. I'm just saying. Just thinking about it, I think think maybe, I think 
when brought up Riddell and stuff before, a little before, mm-hmm. and uh, just how they've made how they're making the game safer. That's a, that's a question for me. How are, how are they making their helmets safer? Well, Doctor Dovicki has told you they're basically not. So, it's the kind of thing that it's a business. Yes, it is, but you also have lawsuits, and the NFL is ah, for, they're go. forking over uh, millions, and it's going to come. It's going to go into the billions for former players and uh, all this stuff. And when they're saying we're doing everything we can for player safety, and uh, if, you, if someone asks, "Hey, uh, these helmets over here," uh, we're talking to someone, and they're uh, we, they've been doing tests. We've been watching it, and they can lower concussions by what fifteen percent or something like that. Well, uh, why won't you do it? And it gets back to you know the money the money way, and uh, it's just because uh, I haven't the evolution of the helmet is something not that you know I would hope to see more of in Correct. the near future. So. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you couldn't put it better, dude. You did a good job wrapping that up, absolutely. I, I, I mean, we could go more into it, but unfortunately, we're at the end of our show. You put a nice little cherry on it. What can I say? And uh, if you want to join in on that conversation, go ahead and hit up Weasel, at Weasel, the SOTG. Um, Chris may not have been with us tonight, but you can wish him well as a local hero in the Sumter County Fire Department, at Hydraulic Upright, U-P-R-I-T-E on Twitter, as Chris Rankin. Of course, I'm Kyle Nash, assuming you can find me on Twitter, at the SOTG. Don't forget to check out the uh, NGSC Sports YouTube page. Episode 2 of the Sports Symposium is up. And guess what? You could also find it on NGSC Sports homepage. That's NGSCSports.com. Of course, you can go there and check out the latest on the sports uh, world. Yeah. Good times all the way around. And right. So for Stephen Weasel Hurley, I'm Kyle Nash, the student of the game. And until next time, class dismissed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.